Hello good people and welcome to yet another episode of the God Pass Podcast. My name is Bolello and I am your host and thank you once more for joining me for another episode of discussing all things pursuing Christ on this journey of life and you know everything that happens in between. So today we are on episode 4 and we'll be speaking about the journey. Um, how the journey does not make the destination and this is as it relates to the promise so before we continue all i ask is that you like this video so that it reaches more people that you share it with the people that you think will benefit from this message and that you comment share your thoughts and let's keep the conversation going so when i say that the journey makes the destination as it relates to the promises of god i reckon that we all have goals desires that we want to arrive to promises that we want to see ourselves living in the fulfillment of, be it finally um, achieving a certain body goal, getting that particular house in that particular neighborhood, finally being able to expand your family when you have struggled with um, having or falling pregnant, finally securing financial security or being united with a family member that um, you were estranged from. Right, when we think about those promises, all we think about is getting there. But I think that it's all about the process of getting to that place and what God does in us before we reach that destination. And so when we have that in mind and we think about the destination, not only as a place where we acquire the promise or arrive at this, this place that we've always wanted to arrive at, we realize that the destination can be an emotional, a mental, a psychological place, a psychological, mental, emotional, um, spiritual location, you know, a place where we are becoming, where we are growing and evolving into the versions of ourselves that um, God has destined us to be in a particular season. It is a constant state of being and not just the set place that we arrive to. And so when I think about the journey of acquiring something or a journey in in pursuit of the promise i think about who god molds us and how he helps us to become people who have the capacity to hold on to the promise who can nurture the promise who can grow the promise um, into what it is supposed to be and not just arriving at a certain place and so when i think about the destination i think of the destination as a place where we embrace the journey where we embrace the way in which god is processing us where we embrace the change and the discomfort because we know that there is so much more on the other side i think of the destination being a place where you embrace the process of who god is calling you to be how he is stretching you and how he is giving you the capacity to carry the promise that he has promised to you that you have asked him for i think of it being a process where you are embracing the gap between the then and the now and being liberated because of how god reveals himself to you and walking the revelation of who you've been truly called to be. I think of the destination as 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 destiny um, in that you're not arriving at it, but it is constantly happening, constantly evolving. It is a place where you're constantly being processed. It is the journey. That is what I think about when I think about a destination, that it is actually not a point of arrival, but a state of constantly being. So what are you believing God for? And what has he promised to you? And who do you need to become in order to have the capacity to stand in that promise and hold that promise and honor that promise? Who is God calling you to become in this process? So before we 
get back to that i want us to read two passages we're going to start in genesis and then we're going to move to hebrews the one in genesis is very short we'll be reading from genesis chapter 15 from verse 1 to 6 and it's titled the lord's covenant with abram and this is before he was named abraham by god and it reads as follows after this the word of the lord came to abram in a vision do not be afraid abram i am your shield your very great reward but Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son who is of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Verse 6 says, Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So the first thing here that we have to understand as it relates to the promise is that I actually have to believe the word of God. I have to believe God when he promises me something. If he says it's going to happen, even though there is no real evidence in my immediate environment, there's no manifestation of evidence around me to prove that what God has said is real, it is up to me to believe that he is true on his word, that he has every intention of fulfilling it and that he will fulfill it. So we must believe and that that belief in and of itself is counted as righteousness before God. And so with the knowledge that God is going to fulfill his word to you, now that you believe that this promise will come to, to manifestation in your life, you have to ask yourself, who is God calling me to be? In revelation of this promise, who do I need to be? Now that I know that you're going to reveal or that you're going to fulfill your word to me, God, and now that I have this assurance, how do I maneuver the space between where I am and that promise? Now that I know that this promise is real, who are you calling me to become with this newfound knowledge and understanding? And what does the wisdom look like to apply my belief in this regard? How are you calling me? Like, what channels do I need to follow in order to step into this promise? And what specifically are you calling me into in this season? How do I navigate life now with this newfound revelation that you are going to fulfill your word to me now that I have assurance? of this promise now that you have shifted me from a position of asking and believing that you would do it and now that i have the assurance that you're going to do it what does my prayer look like towards you what does my prayer with you look like what do our conversations look like now lord what is my posture before you how is the posture of my heart towards you what is the posture of my mind towards you how do i need to position myself my heart and, and my mind how do i need to adjust my position in order to properly honor this new level of revelation so with that in mind i want us to read from hebrews chapter 3 from verse 7 to verse 19 and the title of this passage is warning against unbelief it reads as follows so as the holy spirit says 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me, though for 40 years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation. I said, their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Unbelief is not only a sin, but it is a hindrance that keeps us from entering into the promise. It is what keeps us in this place where we're constantly tormented because we are unwilling to allow ourselves to be processed so that we are able to have the capacity to stand in the promise of God. One thing that we must ask ourselves um, as it relates to the promise and um, stepping out of the sense of, but can he do it? Um, is he really serious? Did I hear right? And when we are finally positioned to believe in what God says and we posture ourselves or we, we have a posture of belief and our hearts are willing to listen to what God has to say and our minds are open to the ways in which he wants to lead us, we must ask ourselves, now that we are stepping out of our old ways of doing things, our old ways of um, believing and see things, what are you expecting of me now, Lord? Like, how do I maneuver the now? How do I overcome the sense of, are you going to do it? Are you sure you're going to do it? To, okay, he's going to do it. And there's assurance of it. How do I maneuver that present place of, of the now? How do I maneuver the now? And that I know that he's going to fulfill his promise. You know, um, how am I supposed to walk to honor the, the, the more evolved version of myself that you are drawing out through this process, through this journey of becoming. And what do our conversations look like together in that space? What this passage in Hebrews makes me aware of is the fact that we need to be careful and cautious of what we feed our minds in the process of, um, on the journey of being processed and being equipped for the promise because we could easily expose ourselves to things that make us stop believing in the fact that God said what he said and that he will do what he has promised. We need to be cautious of the things that we um, listen to, the things that we allow ourselves to engage in. We need to be very protective of ourselves in that journey or during that journey in that process of becoming the people who stand the promise. Else we allow unbelief to seep into the fabric of reality and make us believe that 
I don't think God is going to do it. I don't think God is still going to fulfill his promise. I'm at this point in my life where I'm unable to carry it. I don't think I have the capacity to stand in the promise. We need to be very protective of ourselves and everything that is connected to that promise. When we walk in revelation of the more evolved versions of ourselves and um, when we honor the fact that God has said it and so he will do it. We need to keep asking ourselves questions like, how do I show up now? How do I show up knowing that you're going to do it? How do I walk now? How do I talk now? What do I accept? What do I reject? What do I stop entertaining? What do I hold on to? What do I cling on to? And what do I have to let go of? As you're shifting me, Father God, what defines me in this process? What is it that I need to look at and say that, okay, this reflects who I need to be going forward? What do I cling on to? And what does this point in the process look like? What is it supposed to look like for me? I know that you've done it for other people and I know that it looked the way that it looked for them. But since I am in this, the middle of this process, what is it supposed to look like for me? What does this point in the process inching towards the promise look like for me? In this point of the process, on this journey of embracing all that you are doing and changing and molding me to be so that I'm able to carry what you have purposed for me, I need to trust you. I need to trust the fact that you're going to help me to become who I need to become. And I need to trust that I am becoming something that will be able to hold what you have promised to me. So I no longer focus my attention on finding out whether you will do it, whether you won't do it. Now that I know that it is done, what do you want me to prioritize now, Lord? Like, what do I now use the energy that I once used to believe for the thing in walking towards the thing um what do i focus my attention on now and what do i dedicate my effort to in this season what does now this present moment look like what is it supposed to look like and what do i do how do i move here how do i move in this place it reminds me of the sermon by pastor michael todd about here is holy and how we have this sense of escapism as children of god that we're always trying to get to that place trying to get to there to the point of the promise but when are we going to start embracing where we are now the journey of becoming the people who can equip and stand in the promise when are we going to start embracing the discomfort of now the pain of now the hurt of now the doubt of now the i'm not sure the confusion of now when do we start becoming the people who embrace who we are in anticipation of the destiny the state of constantly becoming here is holy reminds me of the fact that here is indeed holy not just there you are not just the god of there but you are the god of here you're the god of the middle as it says in um, one of the songs of maverick city music that you are the god of the middle you are right here with me in the middle of the process in the middle of becoming in the middle in the crux of the journey you are right here with me you're not that just you're not just the god of there you're not just the god of fulfilling the promise in that place but what if Part of fulfilling the promise is who I get to become. What if I am standing in the middle of a part of the promise? You know, thinking of it in that way causes us to stretch our minds and, and, and realize that we're exactly where we need to be 
as it relates to the promise that literally the journey of becoming is a part of the promise the equipping is a vital part of the of the promise if we're not being equipped for the promise by the time we get there we fumble it we forfeit the promise because we were never equipped we never had the right things to be able to stand in the promise to be able to manifest in in the promise so we need to think of right here here being a part of that promise that we are constantly walking in fulfillment of it the pre-promise is part of the promise and so i want us to read um as the last place in scripture that we'll be visiting in this episode we'll be reading from genesis chapter 22 we'll be reading from verses 1 to 19 and this is titled abraham tested and it reads as follows sometime later god tested abraham he said to him abraham here i am he replied then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of, of Maria. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamp for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamp for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife out to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a trinket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide and till this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Verse 15 reads, The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possessions of the cities of, of their enemies and through your offspring, all the nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me because Abraham believed God and now we see so Abraham believed God for a son believed God for an heir and because he was in his old age it seemed unlikely that God's promise to him would be fulfilled 
but God fulfilled his promise to him and blessed him with a son of his own blood, Isaac. And in this passage, we see that God is testing Abraham and is calling him to sacrifice Isaac. But out of Abraham's obedience to God, because you are the one who gave me the promise, because you are the source of the promise, I can give it back to you. And so we see that Abraham trusted in God, that he revered God, that he feared the Lord, so much so that he did not put the promise above God, but he kept the promise where it was. God is still God. God is still seated on his throne and God still deserves the honor um, he ought to be given because he is God. And that doesn't change just because Isaac is a part of the picture. And so it makes me realize, so, so even before I get to that, where it says that he took the wood for the burnt offering and he put it on his son. When Isaac asked him, where is the lamb that we are supposed to offer to God as a burnt sacrifice? And Abraham said that God himself will provide it. I see that Abraham was already positioning himself to sacrifice. He was already positioning himself to obey God. He was already positioning himself in submission to what God had said. And so it makes me think that as it relates to the promise, if God is calling us to give it back to him, if God is saying that now that I've given you the promise, I need you to give it back to me as a test of our faith. Do we position ourselves or are we, do we go into the attitude of I'm so angry, like I'm phony, I don't want to, like, ah, but I'm going to do it. You know, you, you do it begrudgingly. You know, what is our posture when it relates to God testing us with the promise? You know, and when we think about that as well, I think this, this passage should show us um, how we feel about the promise, how we relate to the promise. Do we see the promise as um, something that is to be worshipped as a new idol? That, oh my gosh, finally God has blessed me with that marriage. Finally, God has blessed me with the child that we've been believing him for. Finally, God has sorted out my finances. Finally, God has given us a home of our own. Do you stop um, approaching God the way that you used to? Do you stop worshiping the way that you used to? Do you stop sacrificing yourself and everything in your life to him the way that you used to? Now that you have acquired the promise, now that you have and that you are standing in the thing that he has promised to you, do you now put it above God that it's this child before God? It's this marriage before God. It's this home before God. It's this new job, this career before God. Or do you remember do you remember where to place God and that is above all else, above these things because he can take them away. He has the power to give and the power to take away. And so when you think about this passage and in your own time as you go through this passage, um, think about the things that God has already given you and whether you are willing to give them back. Do you have a heart to give back to God the thing that he's promised you, the thing that he gave you? Can you give it back or do you cling onto it with all dear life? Because this is my promise. Do you have this entitlement to it that no, but it's mine. I can't give it to you. I can't give it to anybody. Or do you trust God with it? And, and so this is where, this is where I'm going to end it for today. That one, the destination does not make the journey and that the destination is a constant state of being but that the journey defines the destination. Who I become here will define how I will experience the promise. 
how I allow God to mold me, change me, how I will allow him to cause me to grow and who I will evolve into will determine how I enjoy the promise and how I will be able to carry it and the capacity I have to carry it and stand in it. And once I have the promise, am I willing to give it back to God and sacrifice it and say that, okay, God, you gave it to me. So if you're calling me to leave the job that you promised to me, if you're calling me to leave the friendship that I've prayed for, if you're calling me to leave that place as a test of my faith, I'm going to do it. And even if it is not a test of my faith, and if and if you are calling me to leave it because you wanted to see whether my heart was for you and not the promise, whether my heart was for the creator, not the created thing, it's okay. I'll give it to you. I will come to you with a heart of surrender and obedience. And I'll say, okay, here I am. Here I am. So I'm going to leave you with that. Um, think about the promise. Think about your posture as it relates to the promise, as it relates to the journey of becoming the kind of person who can stand in the promise. Think about it. And think about where you are in that process and how you can honor God, how you can honor the more evolved version of yourself in that promise and what your posture towards God needs to look like, what your conversations with God needs to ascend to, you know, higher conversations. Um, what does that look like now? So, um, that marks the end of this episode and um, I love you have a great rest of your day whenever you choose to listen to this be it morning evening afternoon be it while you're driving be it while you're sitting whatever you're doing I hope that you find it to be useful to your life um, and I hope that you continue to trust God with everything that you are believing him for um, and that you you always place him as the number one in your life and never number two, regardless of what he gives to you. Um, I love you. <laughs> um, see you guys next time and have a great one. Bye. <laughs>